Yeah. <laughs> We could always loop that out. Or we could just keep it in. <laughs> All right. Welcome in to episode six of the NTTB podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined in by Anthony. What's uh, up, y'all? So, kind of a. Uh, so, before we even get started, I just. This is this is the this is supposed to be the dead period of the NBA. This is whenever July first was free agency. We get into August. By this time, everybody has signed for the most part. Maybe you have a protracted, protracted you know contract negotiation or a protracted extension, something of that sort. Uh, but for the most part, once we get into August, it's usually just bare bones news when it comes to the NBA. It's usually just a small signing here or there. Yeah, everything's already hammered in. It's just a few things that just need to get worked out normally. Yeah, and I mean for the for most of the NBA, this is this is the truth. This is a fact. Um, but because Oklahoma City is probably one of the five or six teams that are actually going after it, going you know going for it as far as trying to challenge the Warriors, trying to maybe win a championship. They're still in the news. And so at the beginning of this week, or last week, uh, around Monday, um, Sports Illustrated writer Lee Jenkins, Mm -hmm. so he was on the jump, and he put out there, intimated. Floated an idea. Floated an idea that uh, LeBron doesn't necessarily just want to go to L.A. just because it's L.A., just because of location. He also wants to win. Okay, so And with that comes the caveat that he wouldn't necessarily be against signing with another team. Now, this is Lee Jenkins saying this. This is not anybody from LeBron's camp. This is not LeBron saying this. This is not Rich Paul saying this. This is basically a guy that has spent some time with LeBron, um, writing stories, writing you know the the welcome home story. Was it welcome home or I'm coming home? Something yeah, like that. Uh, you know, writing that story. He's he's the premier basketball writer. When it comes to the NBA, when it comes to sports, illustrated any, any any type of form of media, he's the premier basketball writer. He's that guy now. Um, you know, Woj is the guy to break news, um, but Lee Jenkins is the guy that gives you the story behind the breaking news. Right. Okay. He's going to give you the behind the scenes. Yeah, he's going to give you the behind the scenes as to why that that decision was made or why this you know trade happened. Whatever you know, say he did the same thing with Paul George as far as um, his trip to Oklahoma City. Um, so, so he put out there that basically it's not all about just locale. He wants to win also. And so with that, many people kind of hook their wagons to maybe it's Oklahoma City, maybe San Antonio has a chance, maybe so on and so forth. So I went ahead, you know, whenever this kind of dropped, you know, I went ahead and put out a uh, couple hundred word article about, you know, why LeBron would even consider coming to Oklahoma City. Okay. You know, and the thing is, before this year, nobody even considered, like, before this year, uh, somebody like Carmelo Anthony, somebody like LeBron James, mentioning them going to Oklahoma City would not even been a sentence that somebody would have looked at and been like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's laughable. Yeah, it's laughable. It would have been like, whatever, man, they're not going to Oklahoma City. But because of basically what Kevin Durant did, forming this super, super, super team right. um, with Golden State, you know, these guys don't want to go quietly into the night. The LeBrons, the 
Chris Pauls, the you they're, know, they're not ready to hang it up. No, they're not. They, yeah. These guys aren't ready to just say, "Hey, for the next three years, you guys go ahead and win all the championships, and we'll go ahead and collect the money." Yeah, we're cool. We're cool taking our paychecks and going home. They're they're not about that. They're not about that. No, they're not. And so, looking at his situation, probably LeBron is saying, "I'm not going to win here, especially not with Kyrie wanting to leave." So I'm not going to win here. It's, he's already been, you know, he's already made it known that. He's probably not going to stay there past this year. Well, you know, the organization itself, he's, they're not necessarily best of friends. No, they're not. No, he's, he's, this is, it's a very much – I wouldn't say it's, a, it's an environment where they can't work together civilly. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of a the, – the wheels are starting to come off the wagon there in Cleveland. Um, so, so the idea that LeBron would even consider Oklahoma City – Something that was completely zero percent percent before this this off season now kind of turns into a well, maybe you know it, it, we, we've gotten to that point Carmelo Anthony LeBron James we've gotten to that point where maybe he would consider Oklahoma City and so that's what I wrote about you know just basically not necessarily looking at the mechanics behind him coming if he were to come over here you know I didn't I didn't put out any trade or any I, I didn't put out anything like that basically the reasoning why and the reasoning why is because of the Warriors, you know, because of the Warriors and because of the competitive nature of LeBron James. And so this guy, you know, he doesn't want to go quietly into the night. He just doesn't want to go waste the last couple of years of his prime just staying in Cleveland, just going to L.A. because L.A. has beautiful weather or whatever. Um, he wants to compete. He wants to win. And so that makes it plausible. Well, I think you see here that uh, for about the last five or six years, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder are an organization that are, um, A, in the top, four or five for the last few years, even higher than that. Mm -hmm. Um, They have players. They want to win. And they're a team that just no matter what, uh, at first it was the Lakers, uh, then it was, you know, San Antonio, then now it's the Golden State. They get up for those teams. Mm -hmm. They're going to give those teams – they might lose – you know, because they might not have the talent or whatever, but they're going to give those teams everything that they have, and they're going to take them to the limit. And you see that you have a Westbrook who put the team on his back uh, last year, and um, they went as far further than what people had uh, thought that they were going to go to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then you see now they they went in and they're an active organization. They went out and got Paul George. So now you have the the reigning MVP, and you have another top superstar in Paul George. And you're like, you know, damn it, these guys. Uh, these guys were six last year with these two guys that probably moves them up to maybe four or three, depending on how they play well t- together, depending mm-hmm. on season, depending on injuries, you know, a whole lot of other factors. You add one more guy on there and this team just might be able to do it. They mm-hmm. might be able to tackle the big, bad Golden State. And when you say one more guy, I mean, you add LeBron, you're adding the guy. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, it, to speculate that you're adding LeBron, which is a whole other echelon of guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you, you, if you if the team were to remain intact as it is now, and you add a LeBron James to it, how could you not say that Oklahoma City is not the favorite to win? Yeah, in my article, I went ahead and put that. You know, you could possibly, possibly, if 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 LeBron were to flex his muscle a little bit and say, "Look, I'm not I'm not coming back, and I will only uh, waive my no trade clause for Oklahoma City." Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably you could possibly have a situation where you have LeBron, Paul George, um, Russell Westbrook, and Stephen Adams. Adams. And I put yeah. Stephen Adams out there because, as far as a a defensive anchor and as far as somebody that a big that works in this game, you know he works for this game. You know he works against a Golden State. He works against a Houston. You can still leave him out there. You know he's not like if you trade Stephen Adams, which 
as far as those three players between Westbrook, George, and Adams, the Thunder would likely be willing to let him go as opposed to the other two. Right. Um, but you don't want to have a situation where you have Ennis Canner out there as your starting five. And you may not even roll out a center. You may roll out just Patrick Patterson as your starting right, five yeah. and just go from there. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant, whatever. You're running a, like a death squad lineup. Yeah, exactly. Um, so with that said, I mean, just kind of – and I put it out. You know, I put the article out there. Um, in the end, I basically said that probably ain't going to happen. You know, this probably is not going to happen because it's LeBron. And as far as – you know, LeBron is not a person that – he'll make things work on his own. You know, he'll he'll go ahead and make the tough decision and make things work. And the tough decision here may be going to Oklahoma City. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or he may just go ahead and, you know, stay in Cleveland this year, see how that plays out, and then go to free agency. But what I also said in the article is, is if, if he does that, he can't go to Oklahoma City. If he waits until the till next offseason, he can't go to Oklahoma City. He can't go to Houston. He can't go to possibly San Antonio. Because those teams, it, you know, if he wants to keep on making $30 million a oh, year. Those, they're hard-capped. Yeah, they're, hard, they're basically hard-capped. I mean, they're, they're not hard-capped, but you have to have literally $30 million in cap space. Not necessarily, you know, you're at a point and then you can add, you know, you know, several exceptions to it and push it up. No, no, you have to literally have $30 million in cap space. So for the Thunder, you know, the, cap, the, the salary cap number is supposed to be at about $102 million next year. So you literally have to have about $82 million. So in salary. Right. You know, so if you're planning to keep Westbrook, George, you're already there. Yeah. You know, there's no way that you can go ahead and go from there and, and still keep Steven Adams, still keep Ennis Kanter, still not if keep, you're Not if you're planning on signing him outright. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right so, so the Thunder will not be able to get LeBron in free agency. That's not going to happen. As far as your, the number of teams that can maybe sign him, you're looking at Lakers – Brooklyn, maybe, who else? Philadelphia. And so the question becomes, does he really want to go there? Now, the Lakers, that's a different situation because there's a possibility Paul George can go there. Yeah, but. There's a possibility Russell Westbrook could go there. They, yeah, there's a possibility. You know, my, my stance is we've talked about this in a couple podcasts before. I just don't see how the Lakers make sense for LeBron James. At this point, no. At this point, it doesn't make sense. Um, and I don't see the Laker organization um, short-sighting themselves mm-hmm. for a couple of championships now to then be in the same drama that they're in four or five years from now. You, really? I don't. I don't. Not, not with Magic running the show. Because Magic has got not only cap space, uh-huh. he's got a young, good point, a young point guard who looks like he's going to be um, pretty good in this league. Okay. You've got a couple of superstars that have already had experience in the league and are blossoming and under t- his tutelage are only going to get better. So I, I, I think in uh, two, three years from now, mm-hmm. maybe sooner, maybe Lonzo Ball you know, develops a lot faster than we expect. Two, three years from now, you have this Laker team that could be competing with young talent, yeah. guys in their 20s. Um, as opposed to uh, going in, let's uh, hypothetically speaking, LeBron, uh, Russell, and Paul George all make it on there. You got guys heading in there for a few years that will be in their 30s, and LeBron already in his 30s. Mm-hmm. And then you basically had to give away the whole, all your draft picks, all your salary cap, all your young talent in order mm-hmm. to make this happen. Yeah, but like- I, just, I just don't see Magic sacrificing the short term for the long term. I think Magic is all about long term. I think Magic mm-hmm. remembers his Showtime Lakers. I think he remembers how Dr. Jerry Buss ran the organization yeah. and built for the future and established a long period. You know, hell, I, you know, in the 
eighties, it was pretty much uh, Boston and Los Angeles playing in the championships almost year in and year yeah. out. And I think that's what Magic is building towards doing. I just don't see him sacrificing all the young talent that he has now in order to get all these older aging veterans. Yeah, I think I, I think I disagree with that. I think I think Magic. I think L.A. has been in such a dry spell that Magic would go all in for a couple years and then just say, "We'll see what happens in five years." I, I think. Yeah, but let's, I, let's, I think that because you got you got to understand that the mystique of the Lakers, the lore of the mm-hmm. Lakers, is that oh, you know, we can have maybe one or two bad seasons and that's fine, and then we'll get a draft pick here or there, but free agents will come. Guess what? Free agents haven't been coming there the last five or six years. And so with Magic running the show and Palinka, I think he wants to go ahead and make an impression. I think the reason he got there, the reason they hired him was for the, star, for the name power, you know, right. for, for that name. And so I think that in order for him to, to show out, in order for him to go ahead and kind of live up to his whatever contract he signed, you know, live up to his title as president of the Lakers. Um, I, I think that's his title. I'm not sure. I know he's not GM because that's Palenka. No, he's president of basketball Bas- operations. Yeah, okay, president of basketball operations. Um, he's going to need to get a big name. You know, that's, that's, that's what the Lakers are known for. The, the Lakers are basically, you know, yeah, we'll draft pretty good here and there, but free agents will come, and they haven't been coming. So LeBron, Paul George, maybe even Russell Westbrook. I hate saying that, but the possibility is always out there. For that to happen because of where Westbrook well, is from, I, I think, where George is from. I think, you know, Magic himself will be able to get a big-time name. Mm-hmm. I think names will start coming back towards there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't doubt it, but I don't see him getting three, four, five big-time names right now and getting rid of all the young pieces. I think he might add one, mm-hmm. maybe two if they can squeeze it, but I don't see him, you know, pulling a um, – you know, basically a decision and having both LeBron, Dwayne, and uh, Chris Bosh all sign in one location and then kind of figure out the bench later I just think, kind of situation. I just think that's the way the NBA is running now. I mean, you've seen the last – the Super Team Miami, they got their they, – they traded basically almost everybody on the team right, before to, yeah. the decision. And then once the decision happened, they went ahead and made their team from there using vets, using – you know, same thing with uh, Golden State and Durant. Golden State got rid of basically six players. In order to sign Durant, you know they they let go of Harrison Barnes, they let go of uh, Spates, they let go of who else? Uh, some other names out there. Yeah, yeah I well, can't think they, of them off the top of my head. But they, they let them go after winning a championship and after winning seven three games. And they said, you know, good luck, guys. We're going to go ahead and get Kevin Durant. And so that's the way that I, I think that's that's the way super teams are built now. Where you look at the young talent, and you say, you know what, you know, go spread your seeds somewhere else. And maybe we'll get a, we'll, we'll see you in a few years. Yeah, when we'll you see, develop. Yeah, exactly. We'll see you in a couple of years when you develop on another team. Uh, we'll go ahead and get draft picks, future draft picks for you. Um, but I think that's the way the the league is running now. And I think Magic's Magic's going to get a free agent here or there next oh, he's, year. He's going to get a name, especially yeah. with sixty million dollar cap space. He's going to exactly. get a name. The thing is, how many names does he get? And Who? is is it a uh, is it a uh, two to five year plan or is it a five to ten year kind of plan? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. All right, so another Oklahoma City Thunder news. Um, Daniel Hamilton of the Oklahoma City Blue, uh, he became the first two-way contract signee for the Thunder uh, this offseason. So this offseason, um, the NBA um, in the new collective bargaining agreement has given out 
every team has two more basically roster spots that are called two-way contracts. And so these two-way contracts are they're an incentive for for younger developing developing players to stay with their club instead of going overseas instead of just going to the G League and just getting $25,000 a year because that's basically that's the main that's the the salary for G League players about 25, 26, 27,000 dollars a year. Okay? So it's made to incentivize teams and players to go ahead and develop those players over a two-year period, keep them, on, keep them in their team, and then also allow them to kind of develop with the, the main squad, with the, the NBA team, along with the G League team. Okay? So we signed Daniel Hamilton. He played for, you know, he was a draftee of ours last year, uh, second rounder, and then we signed, you know, and then he played for the, the Blue last year. Did pretty good. He's kind of a, he's a guard that is, Kind of rangy. He's, he's he's kind of a I like I call him a, a jack of all trades, but he's not necessarily great at any one thing. Yeah, you know, he's, he, I, I think you did. Uh, you called it on this podcast that he was going to be yeah. one of the two way uh, two way contract signees. I mean, I thought I thought Dakari was going to be the the other one, yeah. but hey, turns out. But uh, yeah, I like I like Daniel Hamilton. I think he has some upside. I think mm-hmm. he has some promise. Um, you know, it's just how quickly he can develop, and can he bump off one of the other guard positions. And that's the thing. I mean, you have – you literally have Alex Abrinas. You have, you know, you have Andre Robertson, Russell Westbrook, you know, Raymond, Raymond Felton. And this guy, this guy, you know, Daniel Hamilton's about 6'6", 6'5", 6'6". But he play, he likes to play a little bit of point guard. So, you know, maybe he kind of competes with Samaj. You know, Samaj, in my thinking, is Samaj is probably going to be the second two-way uh, contract so they're going to go ahead and void or not opt into his regular NBA right. contract. But since he's only had one year of NBA service, which was last year, he can go ahead and sign a two-way contract. And then they can keep him in the system, develop him, and go from there. Um, so nothing big. I mean, Daniel Hamilton, he's allowed to be on the team for 45 days. Not 45 games, 45 days. Total. Okay. So if the team calls him up for an off day to practice – that counts as a day. Oh, okay. And then those days he gets he gets paid a a prorated salary of an NBA rookie, uh, so NBA minimum salary. Um, and then other than that, you know, he has the ability to earn up to seventy five thousand dollars basic if he never gets called up to the team, or he can earn up to two hundred seventy five thousand dollars for the year if he's called up for every forty five. You know, for the all yeah. the forty five yeah. days. So that's how that's kind of how that that two way contract works. Um, these guys will not be allowed to be on the playoff roster if the team makes the playoffs, um, but they can be with the team for practices and things of that nature. So that's basically, I mean, not, nothing too big about that. Daniel Hamilton's not going to make a big impact this year, um, but he gets to, uh, to kind of develop with the team. Maybe the team goes ahead and kind of, you know, puts them in games where they think it's going to be a blowout. Let's say if we're playing, you know, Brooklyn or we're playing – Who's gonna be? Who do they say is gonna be the worst team in the NBA? Uh, Chicago. We're playing you know, yeah. something like Chicago yeah. or something like that. Atlanta. There we go. Atlanta's the team that they say is gonna be uh, the worst in the league. Uh, but you know, when we're playing those get those teams, maybe he gets um, activated and maybe he plays if it's a blowout, things of that nature. Uh, preseason schedule. Schedule. So they released the preseason schedule um, in accordance with what the NBA wanted. It's two to three less games, so it's yeah. going to be four games so total. four games. You've got uh, Houston Rockets on October 3rd. Uh-huh. In Tulsa, you've got um, the Pelicans in Oklahoma City on the 6th. Then you have Melbourne United 
uh, in Oklahoma City as well on the 8th. And your final preseason game is the Denver Nuggets in Denver, Colorado. So you're literally playing four games in a week. Yep. So don't expect to see too much of Russell Westbrook and Paul George together on here. You know, you don't want to necessarily wear them out four games in a week uh, before the season starts. So you're going to be seeing a lot of Daniel Hamilton, a lot of Dakari Johnson, a lot of uh, Giannis Morin. A lot of Bryce Alford, which is another guy that we signed from, yeah. from UCLA. A lot of the uh, yes, I saw the signing this uh, this past week. A lot of young guys. Um, the NBA schedule hasn't been released yet, correct? Not yet. Okay, no. so this is me just extrapolating here, based on the fact that on the tenth we're on the road, uh-huh. and the NBA season starts shortly after that, 17th. correct? No, it starts uh, on the seventeenth. So seventeenth, they have so a week. It's got a week. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're I'm thinking maybe we start the start NBA the season, season on the road. road. Yeah. No, they have a they have a full week, so. They'll be good to go, um, but yeah, that's 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 basically your uh, your preseason schedule. The the one thing that's a little the so the first three games I believe are going to be streamed live on the team's website, and then the Nuggets game. It's one one of the games is going to be on Fox Sports like like it normally is, and then the other three games are going to be streamed um, live on their website. The uh, Denver Nugget game on the 10th will be on Fox Sports, Oklahoma. There we go. Yeah. All other three. Yeah. Live on the Thunder app and the, um, Thunder exactly. so if you don't have the Thunder app or if you don't have Fox Sports, you know, that's how you, that's how you get to see those games. If you want to see those games, they're not going to be on TV. Um, they're just going to be on the app, on the, uh, website, on the website and you just watch them there. Okay. Um, so, other other Thunder news, no Westbrook extension. Nope, uh, unofficial official Westbrook signing day or the Westbrook day, August fourth came and by and went. Uh, nothing with Russell yet. Yep. Am, am I worried? Still not worried. I'm not at the point where I'm worried yet. Uh-huh. But it, you know, it's interesting to see, considering how, um, you know, Westbrook is is what we Thunder fans kind of hang our hopes on. It's mm-hmm. our last. It's our last frontier per se. Um, and you know it would be devastating for him, for us as fans, uh, and for the organization to have not have some sort of resolution mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, you know I, I think that uh, we don't want, and I and I'm also uh, of the opinion that I don't think either both Westbrook and the organization want that looming over their heads, mm-hmm. those questions being asked throughout the season because that just takes away from your single your single mindset of, of, of you know trying to compete with the Warriors trying to win a championship. championship. So I, I think it gets done. I think it gets resolved soon. Um, but am I at the am I am I hitting the critical red button yet? I'm yeah. not. Okay. So here here's my thing with with Russell. So Russell came down on August second. He came to Oklahoma City. And the first thing that Brett Dawson reported it, and the first thing that Brett Dawson basically said after mentioning that he's coming into Oklahoma City on August 2nd is that he's not going to sign the extension on this trip. So another source that I, that I got, and you know, as far as sources go, whenever you talk about sources, even, even Russell Westbrook released a, a, a tweet that said, you know, that I was talking about sources. Uh, but another source that I saw kind of said that he was in town looking for a house. But if you remember with Kevin Durant, you know, leading up to, to his free agency, Kevin Durant was looking at houses too. Yeah. So I wouldn't put too much stock in that. Um, so I went ahead in one of my previous articles, one of my previous stories, I went ahead and put out that I would start to worry after August 4th, Russell Westbrook Day, if he didn't sign. So we're in August, what's today? The Today's 6th. The 6th. So we're August 6th. Am I worried? I'm not. I've kind of changed my tune a little bit. In that, 
still a little bit worried that he's not, he hasn't signed. You know, it's like, but we look at things like us, the fans. We look at things from our viewpoint, mm-hmm. from our eyes, and you know, I am not struggling by any means. Believe me, you know, my family. They there's a roof over our head. There's food in our bellies, and there's food in the uh, in the refrigerator. We're, we're not struggling at all. Neither are you. No, I mean, I've got a roof over my head. I've got food in my belly and a, a little change in my pocket. A little change in my pocket, exactly. But whenever us, lay folk, look at $200 million on the table in our heads, in our situation, we say, why in the world have you not signed that yet? Oh, we've never gone into work and seen on our desk a uh, contract that says we're going to pay you $201 million for the next 10 years. Uh, we've never seen that. Nor- ten, it's five. Well, five years. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah five years. I'm, I'm I'll, thinking, take, I'll take 10. <laughs> believe I'm, me. I'm thinking like, you know, normal contract would work. But, yeah, five years, $201 million. Um, that's never been across my desk. No. I don't think it's been across your desk. So, obviously, we would be like, yo, where do I sign? We're not even going to read this. I don't worry yeah. about, you know, where do I sign? I will sign in blood if you need me to. I like, will go ahead and cut my finger like a diabetic patient and go ahead and sign in blood. Do we need to go to the bank to get the sign? Signing bonus, yeah. like I mean, so that that that's that 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 would be us, and that's how we right. look at it. And so we've never looked at it from the mindset of I've already got to deal with not with Jordan. I've already got to deal with Samsung. Um, you know, I have X Mountain amount. Of, yeah, Mountain Dew. I have X amount of of money in the bank already from my previous eighty million dollar max contract. So you know, at this point in in his career, especially. You know, with fatherhood and Russell being such a family man, I, I think it is a little bit hard for him to necessarily look at this to, to make a, a, a five-year commitment, a six-year commitment, actually, because we're looking at this season plus five. Right. So, he's, he's, you know, if he signs this contract, he's looking at a six-year commitment. Of course, you can put in player options at the end of that contract, and yes, it could be, you know, we're saying six, it could be five, it could be four, whatever. Um, but it's a big commitment for him. You know, he's, he's entering fatherhood. Um, he's got a wife, he's got a family, and he's very close to his family who are from L.A. Um, so looking at it, I kind of see it from his viewpoint, too, where he needs some time to think about it. I mean, and he may have already made his decision. I'm not necessarily saying he's, he hasn't made his decision. And I think Russell's the type of guy that if he wasn't going to sign it, he would have already told the organization, hey, you know, I'm not going to sign it this year. We'll head into it next season and see, you know, what what happens. But I kind of want to see because that's that's the way that's the lay of the land nowadays with superstars. They don't like to be locked into yeah, hamstringed. Yeah, hamstringed into five six year contracts. No, they want they want two. They want to sign a two plus one basically. Yeah, you basically since uh, uh, LeBron headed back towards uh, to back to Cleveland. Yeah. It's been the uh the 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 one and one contract. So mm-hmm. basically a two year deal but the second year is a player option so they opt out and then yeah. re-opt back into another two year deal. Yeah, and that's that, and I mean Durant did that this season. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Curry, I'm pretty sure Curry wants to stay in Golden State regardless of what happens in Golden State. So I think Curry wants to stay there and I think that's why he signed. And that that's you got to understand with Curry this was his first big contract. Contract before he didn't get a max contract no, before he that he had four that, years four forty four four forty four yeah he had the ankle injury and you know the team was very hesitant to give him a max contract so he signed the four forty four four years forty four million and within that contract he became the player that he is now he won a couple MVPs right you know so that contract as far as the value goes was one of the most valuable contracts in the NBA in NBA history yeah his situation is different you don't find. Um, 
players like that that yeah. have, uh, first of all, wasn't necessarily a highly regarded draft pick coming mm-hmm. in. There was questions about him. And then he gets drafted, and then he plays well. But then he has kind of like those little tweaks. Uh, he's almost, you know, who he reminds me of. He reminds me of what Grant Hill would have been yeah. had he not uh, persistently had those ankle injuries. Yeah. Seth Curry had the ankle injuries and was able to recover, and then won, you know, seventy three games. They won two MVPs. He yeah. won uh, two NBA rings. Grant Hill had nothing but ankle problems and ankle problems and ankle problems and ankle problems. Yeah, that's that's. That's so he's like the other side of the coin. You have on one side, you have the potential, which is why Golden State was worried about it to begin with. You mm-hmm. have the one part to be Grant Hill, but now on the other side of the coin, you have Steph Curry. You know, Steph Curry. So this is, I agree with you, this is Steph Curry's first big deal. So I, I think he's happy there. I think yeah. he likes it there. But regardless of all of that, he was going to get his. You know, it, so, was, it was his first time to get me mine. Yeah, it's, and honestly, that's, that's one of the biggest what-ifs in NBA history is is Grant Hill's career because Grant Hill was leading towards was trending towards being one of the greats. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy was high flying, phenomenal, phenomenal Duke, athlete, playing with Christian Leitner, exactly. But he was he, he was very smart. He's a very smart player. Um, he was he was very athletic. He, he was kind of like the prototypical what you see now of a wing. You know, that guy was basically what you see now as far as wing goes. And I had me a pair of uh, Grant Hill feelers. The feelers, yeah. So that's always been one of the biggest uh, what-ifs when it comes to uh, NBA history. But back back to Westbrook real quick. Um, so I'm not worried. I'm, I'm not worried at, at all at this point. And you know what? If he doesn't sign the contract, I'm still not worried because everything comes to an end. And, and and I think I'm, I'm probably going to write about this here soon, but as 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 fans of this team, we've always wanted that one year where we go all in. You know, we've always wondered why don't you you know make a contract offer to Ray Allen? Why don't you make a bigger contract offer to Mike Miller and get that shooter that this team needs, or get whatever you know Pal Gasol? You know, do whatever you got to do. Amnesty Perkins, let's get Pal, Pal Gasol onto the team, and it never happened. And so. We've always wanted that one year that has been the YOLO year. Though you only live once, let's go for it. Let's push it to the limit and let's see what happens. And then we'll go at the end of the season. We'll see what happens there. I believe this is a year that's going to happen. That's what it's shaping out to be. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, we have Paul George, and I mean, uh, Royce Young was recently on the jump. And when they asked him whether he thinks Paul George is going to resign. He said, no, I don't, I don't think he is. But he, with the caveat that Paul George wants to win. So if we make it X amount, of, you know, X amount far in, into, the, into the playoffs, Western Conference Finals, if we make it to the finals, whatever, then his choice becomes a lot less clear. His choice becomes a lot more right, muddy. You have to reevaluate it. Then exactly. Does he want to stay here, constantly win, or does he want to go somewhere else? But if we don't go far in the playoffs – then his choice becomes a lot more clear in that, no, I'm probably going to go ahead and leave. Um, so I believe this is going to be the year um, to – this is going to be a heck of a season, but I, I think this is going to be a year where Thunder fans are going to be on pins and needles. I, I don't think Westbrook signs the extension. And if he does, he does. But if he doesn't, I'm not worried. Because everything has to eventually come to an end. Even if this season is turns out to be an abject disaster – we're better set to rebuild from here than we were last season. Okay. So if Westbrook doesn't sign the extension, if Westbrook tells the organization, hey, I, I'm planning on leaving, um, 
Or even if he doesn't say that, he doesn't say he's planning on leaving. He doesn't say he's staying. He just doesn't sign the extension. Mm-hmm. Do you trade him by trade deadline? Uh, it depends on how the how the team is doing. If the team is floundering, I think you do. You know, if the team is being extremely successful, then you don't. You know, that's just that's the way I see it. Um, I mean, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, I think if the team is, if you have. Uh, a team that can make a deep run and he mm-hmm. still doesn't sign it, I think obviously you don't trade him. And yeah. I think you can live with him walking away um, at the end of it because, you put, like you said, you pushed your chips all in. Um, yeah. You gave it your best shot. And I think you can live with that. Um, I, don't, you know, I don't think we were necessarily prepared or we could live with how um, Durant just walked away and you know, we got nothing for him. So I, I'm, with you. I, I'm, I'm with you on all of that. And it wasn't, it wasn't that Durant walked away. It, it wasn't... You know, I think I put out a tweet, or maybe I didn't, or maybe I just thought it in my head. But whenever we took Golden State to seven games in the Western Conference Finals, I think I mentioned to you, I might have mentioned to you, I said, there's no way he leaves now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I thought, okay, there's no way he leaves. He's going to stay. Um, but no, it didn't happen that way. You know, he actually, he actually went ahead and left. Um, so I'm not looking at it like that this season. You know, this season, regardless of what we do, I know there's a chance that if Westbrook does not sign that extension, he's, he might leave. And, you know, hey, thank you for the time that you've given us. I, I'm not going to be as – You're not burning any jerseys. I'm you? not. Yeah, I, 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 well, I mean, I, I, I didn't burn any jerseys when it came to – but I, I, I didn't burn any jerseys when it came to Durant. I, I was hurt. I didn't like it. You know, for about a month then, I was like – you know, about two weeks afterwards, I was, I was still feeling it. You right. know, I was still a little bit uh, depressed. Um, but I think this time around, if it happens – I'm of the mindset that things have to come to an end. So this whole Durant-Westbrook era, uh, era yeah. has to eventually come to an end. We're in a lot better position now to rebuild from here than we were at any other time previous to this. And so, you we know. We have to just find the next Westbrook and Durant. We, exactly. And, and we, got, we got a scouting team. We got a GM who's real good at that. So we'll just, you know, ride the wave and see where it takes us from there. But I'm, I'm not necessarily too worried about whether Westbrook signs it, and I don't think Thunder fans should be either. I think we should enjoy this season. If this is the season of YOLO, if this is the season of all chips in, you know, sometimes when you push all your chips in, you lose. But sometimes when you push all your chips in, you, you win. win. Yeah. So we shall see. All right. Now, I want to go ahead and kind of transition into other NBA news, other stuff, not necessarily NBA news, but other stuff. Um, so ESPN recently released their – their projections based on RPM, which is real plus minus, ESPN's RPM, you know, real plus minus, which is a advanced stats. So they basically look at the players the teams have now and project how they think they're going to do into the season. Where do you want to start with? This is well, I, mean, I, I just want to kind, of, kind of explain. This is you know you got to understand that Kyrie hasn't been traded yet, so these things could definitely change, right. um, and. You know, it's just it's 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 numbers. It's you know, advanced stats are useful at a certain point, um, but at the same time, they don't take into account other things. They don't take into account raw stats and things of that nature. You know, Charles Barkley had a big fight last season where he called it you know basically stats for nerds. Yeah, and he's he's more of a meat and potato stats guy. Well, I think you know stuff looks better on paper than sometimes stuff looks better on paper than when you actually get to it 
yeah. in real life. It's just it just doesn't work. So mm-hmm. you know you can't account for team chemistry, team dynamics, all of this stuff um, that happens on the floor. You know. Yeah. So I mean, first thing, this is a thunder. This is a thunder podcast. So first thing, let's look at the thunder. So he has them fifth. So he has them fifth, and he has them winning about forty nine point five forty nine point five games. So. We won how many games last season? 47? 47, I believe. So, so we won 47 games last year, and he's only given us 49. Yeah, two, two and a half games more wins. So we added Paul George. We added Patrick Patterson. We added Raymond Felton. And he's only given us two games. Oh, yeah, I'm, that, with, I'm with you because I, I, because who's number three and number four ahead of us? I, I I disagree. I I'm, I you know I feel some type of way yeah. that I I think forty nine and a half is extremely low. Yeah, I think it's low. Yeah. So okay. So let's start from the top as far as Western Conference. So he has Golden State Warriors projected to win sixty two point one games. I think that's low. This is a team that's won sixty seven, seventy three, and sixty seven games the last three seasons. They bring back basically everybody. Well, they they let um what was it McCall? Left? Really? You think McCall is well, worth five? But, no, but I'm saying some of the, some of their bench players. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but, that that you know their bench came in, you know, uh, won some games for them. Some of their bench players are different, so I I think that's why they lowball them. Um, I think I think their starting point is 65 wins because I think even if they rest players, and even if they do that. It's still the same team from last season that won 67 games yeah, while, while they were learning how to play with each other. Yeah, I, I, I would say 63, 64 is where I would start. Yeah. I think 64 is a good number for me. I like 64. Yeah, 62 wins, season. it just seems real low to me. And, and, I mean, RPM, you know, real plus minus, you're talking about, you know, looking at a team, offensive, their efficiency offensively and their efficiency um, defensively. And there was no other team in the NBA that was more efficient in both ends of the spectrum then Golden State. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird that they just have them at 62 wins. Mm-hmm. But regardless, we'll move on. Number two was Houston Rockets at 55 wins. You disagree, agree? I mean, I still want to see how two point guards, essentially Chris mm-hmm. Paul and James Harden, work together on the floor. But 55 sounds about right. Sounds I think, about right. Yeah. I think they probably will be the second best team in the league. Yeah, so I or, agree. And the, on the Western Conference, I should say. I agree, yeah. It sounds, sounds about right. 55 wins. San Antonio, 52.6 wins. I don't agree with this at all. <laughs> you know... And the thing is, when you're looking at when you're looking at advanced stats, you completely take away any type of emotion from it. So you're supposed to be so you're, you're supposed to take away any emotion that says Pop is a real good coach and he does miracles with whatever he has. Fifty two point six wins for this team, you know, I don't think so. I, I think you're maybe looking more at like forty eight, forty nine wins for them. I'd say forty nine. Forty nine is a good number for me. Yeah. So fifty two point six, I think, is a little bit high, I especially think- when you're heading into the season with. What used to be your starting point guard hurt, and when you're heading into the season with who else is hurt? So they have oh with with an unhappy Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge is not what they uh, a little bit of buyer's remorse there, not what they were expecting to exactly. get. Um, you have an aging Paul Gasol that you just resigned. An you have aging a, Manu Ginobili that you just resigned, and you have a Rudy Gay come into the fold that you don't know how he's going to coming off the Achilles injury. Coming, yeah. And then you have a Kawhi Leonard coming off the ankle injury from last year. Yeah, we expect yeah. him to be healthy, but you, that's still going to be lingering somewhere around there. And I don't know, just fifty-two point six games just seems high. It, ju- it does seem high, As, considering, especially you know, yes, this is a Thunder podcast, but the Thunder added Paul George. I know. How does fifty-two points? How does San Antonio? How how is if we're looking at the roster on paper? How is their roster better? Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know, but he, but here comes here comes the uh, the controversy. Yes, this one was surprising. <laughs> this one's surprising so, to me. Number one, Golden State. Number two, Houston. Number three, San Antonio. Number four, Minnesota Timberwolves. Fifty point one. Apparently, games. they acquired Kevin Garnett from ten years ago <laughs> and added him to this team because I don't know how you go from I don't know what the heck they won last year twenty five wins. They were, I mean they were crappy. They were, I mean they 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 won thirty one games last year. So they go. They're going from thirty-one to fifty because they added Jimmy Butler they and have, uh, what's the point guard? Um, they traded Ricky Rubio. Well, and they, they traded added, him. Um, oh, they got rid name? of Zach Levine. Um, that one guy. Yeah, you know they added him, and it's not it, Jeff Teague. They added they added Jeff Teague to the team. So you add Jimmy Butler, you add Jeff Teague, you add. Taj Gibson, love you, Taj Gibson. You're not worth 19 wins. 19 All of plus those are wins. worth 20 plus wins. You mean to tell me that's worth 20 wins? Come on now. Just, you know, and I understand that Minnesota was a team on the rise. Uh-huh. You know, with Andrew, uh, the cat Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, Ricky Rubio at that time. You had Zach Levine. I understand that they were on the rise, but to jump from, uh, you're basically asking them to do what Oklahoma City did in 2010. 9-10, yeah. Yeah, to jump from a 30-plus win team to 50, to 50. yeah. I just don't see it. I think a good number for them is 43-and-a-half. I think so. I, I, 43 I and a half. That. I think, is a good number for yeah. them. Yeah, so, you know, plus 8, plus 10, I can see that. So going from 31 to, like, you know, 41, 43, I'm okay with that. But to jump all the way up to 50? Come on, man. That's 19. That's that's a 19 game difference right there. So you and, and here's the thing. You look at Minnesota, one of the biggest issues they had was shooting. They can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Their best shooter was Levine and he went out with the ACL injury. He's not on the team anymore. Cat is probably your best shooter. Carl Anthony Towns at the center position is probably your best shooter from outside. Wiggins, not a good shooter. No. Not Teague, from outside. Teague Average at best, I think. Yeah, hot and cold. Street. Jimmy Butler, one of the biggest things about him is that he's not a perimeter shooter. He's, he's, he's good mid-range. He's good driving to the basket. Uh, not great as far as shooting from outside. So you still have that issue. So you're still going to pack the paint. You're still going to go ahead and you know kind of keep them out of the paint, dare them to shoot on you, and they lost their best shooter in, in, in Zach Levine. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know. And plus – Secondly, Thibodeau is known for what? Defense. Defense. They're one of the worst defensive teams last year. I know you brought in Jimmy Butler. I know you brought in Taj Gibson. Your young guys are going to have to step up and learn how to play defense. Yeah. So I don't agree with that. I, I do agree with 43 wins. I think that makes more sense. Uh, so then we hit the Thunder. Uh, Clippers at 48.9 wins. Do you agree? Uh, I think it's less. I put them at like 45. I agree. I think uh, Chris Paul's leaving is going to be a big deal. Mm. I think that could be, you know, I think Chris Paul has um, put them on his back last year and won some games for him. But then again, you have Blake Griffin coming back. We don't know how Blake Griffin's going to play. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to see, you know, he doesn't have a Chris Paul there to get him the ball to, to Lob City, DeAndre Jordan. I think his his points go down. I think his rebounds mm. go down. So I'd say, like, uh, 45 is a, is a good number for the Clippers, but I'm not mad at where they put him. I think six is right. Uh, seven, they got Denver Nuggets at 47.2 wins. I'm okay with that. Denver's on the rise as well. Yeah, Denver was on the rise. They almost made the playoffs last year, and they added in uh, Paul, Paul Millsap. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Utah Jazz at 44.7. I 
I think um, this one I'm a little I was a little conflicted on because I think um, number nine is the Pelicans and I think the Pelicans are actually going to be the eight seed in okay. the West this year. So uh, I kind of like the Pelicans at 40, 40, 44.7 mm. and I like Utah at 44.2. I think those two teams will be battling, but yeah. I think the Pelicans are a little bit better. And I agree. I, I do agree. And but but, you know, honestly, bravo to Utah. They lost Gordon Haywood, but I, th- I think they went ahead and they, they've kind of you're you're not going to be able to recover 100 percent from the loss of your your biggest offensive player, your biggest offensive star. Um, they're going to have trouble scoring, but the players that they did bring in, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Ricky Rubio, Tabo Cephalosha, those players are going to be okay. Those players are going to go ahead and kind of fill in the gaps, fill in what they need to. Yeah. And so that team is so not going to – the fall off is not going to be They're going to spread that the load severe. a little bit more over instead of one player. And especially considering yeah. how when we talk about the East, uh, Utah would probably be like a four or five seed at 44 and a half mm-hmm. um, in the Eastern Conference, um, which when we get to the numbers, it's just going to be staggering. The, the eight seed at what they project them to win, yeah. the eight seed is just ridiculous. So then they have, they have Portland at 10. They have Dallas at 11, 43.8 wins for Portland, 34.6 for Dallas. I agree with that. Okay, mm-hmm. Here's where I don't agree. Memphis Grizzlies, projected win total, 34.6. 34.6. I mean, don't they still have Marcus Gasol? Don't they still have Mike Conley? Don't they still have – I mean, they have – Yeah, but that's, that's it. There's no Rudy Gay. There's no Zebo. I mean, they didn't have Rudy Gay last year. Okay, I mean, but there's no Zebo. Uh, uh, there's no – you know, you basically are just down to Mark Gasol – Mike Conley, and a bunch of young guys. Yeah. I and mean, guess what? And we, like we talked about in the last podcast, the center position is kind of going away from the All-Star game. And Marcus Gasol is very much an old-school style of center. Yeah, he can, he's got a little bit of range. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's a guy that can take you off the dribble for being such a big dude. He's got pretty good handles. It's just I just don't see that. He's just an old-school type of game. And they're yeah. very grit and grind. And I don't see Tony Allen, um, you know, jumping up and scoring. I don't. Th- I don't. Th- I think they lost Tony Allen. I think he's Did still they? a free I'm, agent. I yeah. thought he was still signed with them. Yeah, I think he's still a free agent. I oh. think they lost Zebo. He went to Sacramento, and, and Vince Carter. Um, but yeah, that. I mean, I, I kind of see that. I mean, they were eventually going to f- fall anyway. Yeah. I mean, because uh, and I, I think what's gonna ha- what's gonna kind of handstrap him is uh is the Chandler Parsons deal. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy. Yeah. They gave him a max deal, and that guy has not been. He hasn't hasn't been court, able to win yeah. at all. Um, so I mean that's and then you have you, you have, have the Lakers, uh, Lakers, Phoenix, and Sacramento, which I agree, which thirty three, thirty, and twenty seven point five. And then in the Eastern Conference, just kind of looking at it, they have Boston finishing with forty nine point four wins, Cleveland forty nine point two, and then with Cleveland, they said for now, Cleveland's projections include Kyrie Irving, right? Which does only make sense; he's still yeah. on the roster. And then Washington at forty seven point five. Everything else kind of. Shapes out. I mean, they have Toronto falling all the way down to forty three point four, and Toronto, other than Damari Carroll, is basically bringing back the same team. So I find that a little bit weird. Um, they have yeah. Philly at nine. Yeah, I saw that, and they have uh, the Pistons at eight. So they have uh, the Pistons at thirty five point one wins, and yeah. Philly at thirty three point two. I think Philly plays a little bit better than that. Yeah. Um, I agree. So I think Philly is going to definitely shake up into the top uh, seven or eight. In the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, I th- they have the Hornets moving up to uh, five at forty four point one. Hey, the Dwight Howard effect apparently. Um, so that's interesting. And then you have Milwaukee at uh, forty six point nine. So I think the East is pretty much right. But I have seventy uh, sixers. Mm-hmm. I have them moving into the either seventh or eighth seed. Okay. Um, 
And uh, I don't have Detroit winning. But what, like I was saying is the A seed is only going to have to win 35 that's sad. games. That's, that's I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. It's, the East is so, it's so the least. It's not even funny. All right, so, so moving on. So Daryl Morey, you know, he's a little bit – got his panties in his water a little bit. Uh, but his suggestion that individual awards should be abolished because they don't focus on winning anymore. You think that's just – Sour grapes for Harden not winning. Well, I think that's a that's a general manager who's sticking up for his players yeah, two years so. in a row. Um, you know, I think the first year, not this year, I think the year before that, mm-hmm. I think he should have won the MVP. The one that Curry won. Yes, I think I think James Harden should have won that one. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and, and that, uh, that was that was the first. I think that was the first Curry year. That was the first the the first year he won the MVP. Yeah, because then he came back and it didn't do as well last season. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. the first one that I think the first one that he was on that that he basically came in second place. I think he should have won that one. Mm-hmm. I think Russell Westbrook. I think you know while their performances were both on a superior level, the guy does something that hadn't been done since the Big O. Yeah. Um, and even the Big O didn't win it back then. So just think about that. The Big O averaged a triple double back in uh, 63, 64? 67. I 67. Yeah. And he, even he didn't win the MVP that year. Uh, I, but I think I think the guy I think the top three players that year. Wasn't it Will Chamberlain? It was Will Chamberlain, and Oscar Robertson, and then Bill Russell. Yeah, yeah, so you can understand why he didn't win it. But <laughs> uh, I think Russell, I think we got the right one this year. But, you know, that's you know a general manager sticking up for his players. So, yeah, I, you know, I agree him. with it. But it's just, that's just utterly ridiculous. Yeah. At a, the end of the day, um, the only reason why these players are not the only reason, but one of the reasons why these players go out there and show the world what they can do is for the individual recognition. Did you, did you see what Blake tweeted afterwards? Yes, that uh, we, should we, just, we should just do away with championships yeah. since, uh, and give everybody participation. Yeah, only trophies. one person can win, <laughs> and I wholeheartedly agree with Blake Griffin. That was that was pretty hilarious. But you know, ultimately, this is just a GM or a front office sticking up for their players. Yeah, that's so, true. so good on good on them. Good on him. And you see, so kind of keeping with that, you see James Harden's new shoes. I did. I checked them out. the uh, The MVP, the Harden version the ones, MVP edition. Yes, they're really uh, white uh, fly. Or they're a white uh, stitch with a suede. Uh, accented it in gold and uh-huh. a special insole that uh, refers to some MVP or whatever, uh, so, recognizing his uh, his year. So I wonder if these were made before the actual MVP was announced, and now they're going to ship these off to poor countries in Africa so that they can. Well, so it, they're retailing at two hundred, so I doubt <laughs> they're shipping out to poor countries uh, across the world. But uh, I mean, they look nice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, his shoes very nice. But yeah. you know, this, to me, honestly, when I saw this, this is Adidas rocking with their guy. Yeah, and it's kind of like Adidas's parting shot at the NBA. I'm so happy that James so, Harden had so many people, you know, sticking up for him. That's awesome. I mean, it's pretty cool to good see. Him. You know, he's such a good. He, I mean, you know, so it's, I guess he's uh, that great of a guy that he has. You know, an individual company I, I sticking will say up for him. I will say I like Harden. I, I like him too. Yeah, I like Harden, and I, I do feel bad that the two his two best seasons have come when number one Steph Curry set the league on fire, and then number two whenever Russell Westbrook had a historic season. Yes, Harden also had a very, very, very good season, but you can't compete with history sometimes. It's like the dude can't catch a break, He can't, right? he can't. And this year, he's not, this year his numbers are going to go down because he's playing with, with somebody Chris else Paul. with Paul Dominic. Yeah. So I think his window of winning an MVP kind of stops here, depending on what happens with Chris Paul after this season. Well, you also had uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo come out and say that, hey, yeah. I think I could win the MVP this year. And I think he could. I think it's just... It, if he if he learns how to how to shoot consistently from three point land, 
Atitakumbo is going to change the game. I he's think. just one of those guys. James Harden, I think, to me, is going to end up being one of those guys who's so good, and he's just so good at the wrong time that yeah. he just constantly gets overshadowed. And you know, you know what that means about Atitakumbo, right? What's that? That we're we're going to be in line to uh, to the rumors are going to come out that we want him starting next week. Yeah, Watch. we're going to trade. So him. two weeks ago it was Carmelo. Now we last week it was it was LeBron. So. You know, this coming up week, it's going to be a Tetacumbo I watch. I mean, we might as well jump ahead of it and just start it ourselves. We might as well, yeah. So, yeah, so the the, the Thunder are in line to trade for Giannis Tetacumbo. You heard it here first. You heard NGTV. it here first. Probably not, so don't don't go putting that on your Twitter. Okay, so a couple, a couple Twitter questions. So, first one from at Black Dolphin 5. Uh, so, when do the Thunder start fielding trade calls for Westbrook? We kind of discussed that. I don't think they do unless the season unravels from the beginning. Yeah, I think I think you uh, have to see how the season work goes out, and then I think ultimately those calls don't get answered till um, you know the trade deadline. Yeah. Time. Okay. Uh, uh, next question from OK Love Zero. Uh, do you think the Thunder are still cautiously optimistic that Russ signs the extension this summer? I still think that the team itself, the front office, is still. Cautiously optimistic that he does. I don't think they're cautiously optimistic. I think they're full blown optimistic that he's going to sign. Kind of have to be optimistic. Uh, yeah, but um, you know, I, what organization wouldn't be optimistic that their player that they've drafted and you know nurtured for so long uh, is not going to sign the extension? So I think they're full blown optimistic. It, now we're just playing a waiting game to see what's going to ha- what's actually going to happen. Yeah. All right. Next question from Jay Hickness, um, aka Russell Trip Dubbrook. Um, so this guy, you know, I went ahead and asked for questions, and I asked for for anything uh, that that people wanted to ask us. So he wanted to focus on the plantaris muscle. Uh, so why is the plantaris muscle absent in twelve percent of humans? So, of course, did a little bit of research. So I did pl- too. Yeah. So the plantaris muscle is the longest tendon in the body. So it's the longest tendon in the body. Number one, it's not as thick as the Achilles. But it's the longest tendon in the body. It helps to flex, you know, pretty much flex and yeah, it's an relax accessory the muscle. ankle. It's an, it's an accessory muscle. And what I found more, most interesting is that, number one, it's absent in 8 to 12% of the human population. Why is that? The article I read is 7 to 20%. Okay, wow. So we're, in the, to 20. We're, we're in the same boat. So what I read was that it's very prominent in apes that grasp grasp at things with their feet. So the great apes that you know, can grab bananas or whatever with their feet. Right. So it allows basically the, the ankle or the foot to bend kind of like that. So me being a biologist, which by trade, you know, I, I have a biology background. Um, a lot of times if you don't use it, you, you lose it. Yeah, you lose it. Okay. So evolutionarily speaking, if you don't use that muscle anymore to grasp things with your feet, which apes do, but we don't, well, then eventually you lose it. Makes sense. Yeah. So there you have it, Jay Hickness. That's what's going on with that. Um, also, why couldn't it be absent in Serge Ibaka when he tore it in 2014? I don't know, man. I don't know if I have it. So I don't know. You know, I don't know why he has it, and I or I don't or whatever. I do know that my dad, he messed up his calf about a year and a half ago. Basically, the same thing. You know, it was all black and blue and all bruised up. Um, so if he has it. 
pretty sure 50% chance that I have it also. Yeah, I just think it's one of those situations where um, in the NBA and in baseball, another one or two, like turf toe, uh-huh. you look at the injuries and you're like, are you serious? The dude stubbed his toe and so he's out. He's on the DL for yeah. 15 days. But it's just one of those situations where you the fine it's the it's that one muscle it's that one tendon it's that one thing yeah. that we don't think about on a daily basis but it can just hamper an athlete's career yeah uh, it's just kind of one of those things and, and i mean it, it hasn't it hasn't reared its ugly head anymore since then for surge yeah um so so yeah so there you go um and then one more question from entity of none first of all you're my friend entity of none you do have friends uh so his question was what is the riddle of steel I have no idea. Did you do any research on that? I tried to. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I saw that, and I was like, is that a riddle that Shaq told in his movie that (laughs) I never watched? I have no idea what the riddle of steel is. Is I I don't know. That sounds like some superhero stuff. That's that's one we're going to have to come back to. Okay. All right, so ending today with some NBA news. So the Clippers, they're in the news big time. So number one, Danilo Gallinari. He decided to go ahead and punch an opponent in an international friendly game and ended up breaking his thumb. So what is the deal with Clippers players punching people and breaking their hands or their fingers? What's, what's up? Do they, I mean, I think Doc Rivers, I know he's, you know, we'll get into this, but he's not the GM anymore. But I think he needs to go ahead and pay for self-defense classes so these guys can punch correctly. I think the Clippers, uh, I think they, one, need to, like, Take the whole Steve Ballmer needs to just like Windows 10. He needs to upgrade Windows the the whole arena from Windows 8 to Windows 10. Yeah, and just like whole reboot that and just you know bring in some spiritualists or something and you know some holy oil and just kind of <laughs> bless that place first of all and second of all you know put these put it in these contracts that these players cannot be punching, punching. people because they have brittle hands apparently, apparently. so far the uh, the faces are two and zero oh against uh, Clippers players hands. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, you put this in the contract. You already have precedence. Faces two, hands zero. You have precedence that establishes that. Hey, you might want to tell your players, hey, we can't punch people. You know, just like they have those clauses in there where they can't ride motorcycles and stuff like that. Can't skydive. Yeah, I think number one should be cannot. If you with this organization, you cannot punch anybody. Cannot in the face. punch face. <laughs> okay, so second Clippers news is that. Doc Rivers lost his GM ship right. uh, from his title. So to Jerry West, the consultant. Yeah, so he's no longer the GM. He is now just head coach. So, but what's funny to me is that I believe after, after Chris Paul left, he did his best job as a GM this offseason. That's what I find so ironic. He couldn't do crap whenever Chris Paul was there, and I do get that. But this offseason was probably his best job that he's done since he's gotten there. In the in the NBA, I've never been a fan of a coach who is also the president of basketball yeah. operations or the uh, general manager. I just don't think you can you can do both jobs well. You you can either focus on one and suck at the other, or focus on the other and suck at one. Yeah. And um, I never I was never a fan of Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers is an excellent coach. I just never saw him listen to his interviews and thought. Um, you know that he was a front office kind of guy, mm. and I, and I always thought with that team that there was such a, a huge conflict of interest with him having his son on his team, and, yeah, and that, also being the GM. I'm sure that also 
I can uh, understand. Rumors were out there that that was one of the Chris reasons Paul, Chris yeah. Paul was upset. He says differently. You know, uh, of course, we're, there's three th- there's three sides to every story. Yeah. What one said, what the other said, and then what actually happened. So, um, you know, that's an interesting point. But I was just I I just never got the 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 front office vibe from Doc Rivers. From yeah, and I but I've always I've always thought that. How, how do you negotiate a contract with your own kid? Like, son, we're offering you this much. You're but, Dad, I think I'm worth this. Son, come on now. I know you. You know, it's like you, you, there's no negotiation yeah, that can you, go on in that. call your wife. You better talk to your boy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, the, is she on speakerphone? <laughs> Honey, talk to him. He's not making any sense. Talk to him. So I, I, yeah, so you know that finally came to to fruition. By the way, the riddle of steel is the major plot in a Conan movie in the nineteen eighty two uh, John Millennis Conan the Barbarian movie. The one with Arnold. Yes, with Arnold. Yes, with Arnold. Okay, so I was less than a year old. So yeah, <laughs> okay. So um, so you brought it something up to me. So positionless all NBA teams. Yes, I saw an article on Facebook that was talking. Uh, they were just like hypothetical what ifs that you would present to the commissioner, uh-huh. and one of the or there were rule changes that they would present to the commissioner, and one of the rule changes was. Um, getting rid of positions in uh-huh. the NBA, just pos- positionless. So basketball. The, so the all NBA team so that, still has exactly. guard, guard, forward, forward, center. Right. So that your awards would just be based on the top fifteen people. The best fifteen people would be first, second, and third string okay. uh, all NBA for awards. And, and and my question to you is, how do you feel about that? I'm fine with that. I mean, this NBA, like like for instance, Andre Robertson, and he's he's not all NBA by by no means, but he could not win. He t- he could not get onto the first team, all, first all defensive team. Because as far as forwards go, Draymond and Kawhi were labeled as forwards. Right. And last season, Andre Robertson was labeled as a small forward. Right. If he would have been labeled as a shooting guard, he could have been moved into the guard position uh, where it was, what was it, Chris Paul? Chris Paul and... Um, was it Tony Allen or was it... I don't no, know. Who no, was no. the other um, guard? I don't know the other guard. Somebody yeah. else. But he could have battled between those two players to actually get onto the first team. Uh, as a guard, this season he has the opportunity to get onto the All Defense First Team as a guard because Paul George to, yeah. is playing. You know, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm inclined to not like it okay. because of the ebbs and flows of the game right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see an All Defensive NBA, an All Defensive First Team with three guards on there or four forwards you know what i mean i i i don't yeah because as we you know depending on the seasons you have three or four small forward forwards mm-hmm. small forward power forwards uh that are just locking down dudes um yeah. you know and then you have some years where you just have guards that are just locking down dudes. and i don't want to see like you know three guards and two forwards. i i don't know i'm leaning towards not liking that um, as far as the awards goes, but I can I can see the other side of the situation where um, if there's no positions, if you're just looking for the f- best 15 people, yeah, y- you can yeah. I-, I could definitely see a a negative about this in that the way the game is going, the way the game is going, we're, we're so wing heavy um, that you can literally have a first team, or you can literally have the first two teams of the All NBA team just be yeah. small forwards and point guards. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no great center that is necessarily changing the game right now. So you're gonna have, you know, your team, your 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 top ten players are basically gonna consist of what Curry, Westbrook, Harden, uh, Durant, LeBron, Kawhi, 
and then you have four more spots after that. Four more guys that are that it's just a rotating a position. Anthony Davis, maybe. Yeah, um, if he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, and yeah. then you, you know, but it's going to be point guard and. Um, power, a small, small forward forwards heavy. that are going to dominate. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I don't like that. Now, the second question on there was potential rule changes was getting rid of the conferences as far as the playoffs goes. Um, you're just going to basically have your the best eight teams, or mm-hmm. the best 16 teams, I should say, um, the best 16 teams regardless of the conference selected, and then they would bracket them based on yeah. 1 and 16, um, so on and so forth, regardless of if there is West versus West or West versus East matchup. Now, this I'm kind of more in favor for. Are you? Uh, See, I'm, a little I'm, bit. A little bit because let's we looked at the the projections of wins and losses. The eighth seed in uh-huh. the East is only gonna make only gonna win projected to win thirty five games. Thirty five games. Yeah, I see that. That's our sixteenth team, and the on the projection right no, now that wouldn't be the sixteenth team. That would. Uh, oh no, that would be like the sixteenth team would probably come. No, you have you talking about the A seed on the Eastern Conference winning thirty five? Yeah, no. See, I disagree with that because, like you said. You said there were ebbs and flows in positions and, you know, how the game is played. And there's also ebbs and flows when it comes to conferences. So if you look back and you look at the 80s, the 80s and 90s, you know, you had Boston, Philly, Chicago, Detroit, New York. They ran the East Mm -hmm. and they ran basically the NBA for about a 15-year period there. Probably the Lakers were the only – no, let's say 20 years. For about a 20-year period there – the Lakers were about the only team that actually won a championship from the West. Everything else came from the East, Chicago, Boston, Detroit. Um, and then you had two years of Houston whenever Chicago, whenever Michael Jordan went away. Right. And when he came back, Chicago won three more after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think there are ebbs and flows. And I think you know, 15, you know, 10, 15 years from now, we may be looking at the East and saying, man, East is so good. The West is just... So sorry, man. You know, you have the West is top heavy with one or two teams, and then the East is just so good with, you know, talent. a 10-year vet of, you know, Joel Embiid and Boston and so on and so forth. So I think there are ebbs and flows. So, you know, we're very reactionary in, in this day and age. It's very, it's very much quick react. Mm-hmm. And it's very much just, oh, my gosh, you know, there's, you know, there, the East is so bad and it's been bad and blah, blah, blah. It's been bad for X amount of years. And, yes, it's very true. Um, the the East team is they're still winning championships. Miami won championships. Cleveland's won a championship. Um, so I'm I, I'm not okay with just taking away the conferences. Yeah, I mean, I look, I, you know, it's not like I'm hard set on it, but yeah, that's uh, right now. I would lean more towards that because I think you would get better playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. But at the same point in time, I think playoff basketball these teams ratcheted up regardless of if they won 35 games or not yeah so you know i think you you're gonna get some good games in there but you know i'm not I'm, it's not like i'm hard pressed to want to change yeah. it i just Kay. thought they were interesting so yeah so i mean I, I yeah i mean i got nothing else on that as far as positionless all nba teams and no more conferences um but i, I do want to kind of move on to a new section that we got uh it's called uh alex's hot take and anthony's cold take and, and, you know, from week to week it'll change. It may be Anthony's hot take and my cold take. But basically it's, you know, I say something and I'm my co-host have, re- rebuts right. it. Right. Somehow. So it's like, like hot and cold. One yeah, person is going to take the hot seat and the other person is going to be try to uh, uh, down, down, down their fire down with, with water. Exactly. So I've been kind of looking at this whole Colin Kaepernick situa- situation. I know, you know, this, is, this has nothing to do with, with the Thunder. Uh, but I'm just kind of looking at it and just kind of it's kind of it's, it's bothering me big time 
because so the Baltimore Ravens were interested in signing him. Okay, so there was interest there. But the owner, Steve Bichetti, he went ahead and he actually polled the fans. He wanted to see what the climate was of the fans. Okay? I have a problem with that because this guy never committed a crime. This guy exercised his First Amendment right, freedom of speech, but he never committed a crime. We have, you know, the, the NFL is a league that they have, they had a guy a couple years ago, Leonard Little for St. Louis, mm-hmm. that killed somebody. When he was vehicular, intoxicated. Yeah, vehicular manslaughter. He was intoxicated, killed somebody. He got five years probation because, of course, he has money. He can get the best lawyer. Mm-hmm. So he got five years probation. I think he got suspended by the league for a year. Next year, guess what? He's on an NFL roster making NFL money. He killed somebody. Michael Vick, convicted of tax fraud, running a, a, a dog ring. Mm-hmm. Cross state lines, yeah. Yeah, cross state lines or whatever. You know, when it comes to the government, if they don't get the tax money, they're going to get you somehow. There's yeah. going to be a comeuppance for that. So that's what he's, you know, so regardless of how you feel about, cat, uh, about dogs or anything like that, he got put in jail for that. He is a felon. So you have a felon that killed somebody. You have a felon that did, you know, tax improprieties, ran a illegal dog ring. You know, you have Ray Rice. And I know Ray Rice has not been on a team since he did what he did. But if Ray Rice was a great player, Ray Rice would be playing right now. You know, Ray Rice was still kind of like, you know, running backs are like the centers of the NBA. If you don't have to put up with anything, you know, if you don't have to put up with the trouble of a running back, you just let him go and you don't, you don't, get, you don't get anything from that. He would, be, he would be in the NFL now. But Colin Kaepernick has not committed a crime. Colin Kaepernick is – a lot of people are saying he's not patriotic for what he's doing. Okay? And I understand it. I get that. Okay? We've been taught since we were in school, pledge allegiance, stand up for the, uh, um, for the, um, the national, anthem. national anthem. You know, you're taught that in school out of respect for – for the flag, out of respect for the country, and out of respect for those who have sacrificed, have yeah, sacrificed themselves. Yeah. But this guy is doing probably the most American thing that you can do. He's exercising his right of free speech. You do this in another country, in the countries that we don't like, in the countries that we are going to war against, and you get killed. So if you go against the government, if you go against the dictator, if you go against the whatever the iman or whatever whoever's in charge you get killed because they don't have freedom of speech in our country we have freedom of speech and so for that owner to go ahead and poll his audience basically to poll his fan base and we're talking about a city that number one um has had riots because of people being maybe wrongfully killed by the police yeah Yeah. uh and number two has had two incidences within the past month where body cams from police officers have shown them planting evidence. Mm-hmm. Or being turned off or, turned off, and then turned in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just the gall of him having to say, oh, we're going to poll our fans. And all, our fans have said that they don't want this headache. And, you know, it, it, it just bothers me. That bothers me. And I think that regardless of what you think of Colin Kaepernick as a player, he may not be that great of a player, but he's good enough to earn a spot in the NFL. And so that's kind okay. of bothering me. So a uh, couple of things. One, I have no issue with what Colin Kaepernick is doing. Okay. I don't agree 
with um, how he went about it with the kneeling for the national anthem. But again, this is America. He has freedom of speech. This is his right. This is why, you know, veterans serve in the military. That's why people serve in the military for this particular reason. So that we, the people who don't have to do that, have the right to free speech. So I'm, I don't have a problem with Colin Kaepernick doing what he's doing. But what we're talking, and you mentioned Ray Rice. Ray Rice, at the time of the incident, was over the age of 30. He was 31. Okay. 32. And uh, for a running back, that's no good. Yeah. Had Ray Rice been in his prime, Ray Rice would be back in the league. I agree with what you're saying. Okay. Leonard Little was a he's a defensive end, correct? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Like, uh, defensive end, defensive tackle, yeah. something like that. One of those positions that um, is key in the NFL, and you can't always find a great one, mm-hmm. and that's why he's back in there. Colin Kaepernick, if he were to come back to the league, it would be as a backup. We're not talking about a starter. Okay. Colin Kaepernick is no Aaron Rodgers. He's not. Um, Tom Brady. Not that's not to say that Colin Kaepernick isn't a good quarterback because I think he is. I think he's better than some of the backups on the team. But we're talking about a backup, and backups are supposed to be seen, not heard. Okay. And if you bring in a guy uh, like Colin Kaepernick, he's going to be a heard a lot more and seen a lot more um, because of the situation that he's gone through. Now, where I think Colin Kaepernick messed up is is um, his boneheaded moves in regards to wearing the pigs. Yeah. Uh, cop socks. I agree with that. And the Fidel Castro shirt. Yeah, wanting to play in Miami, you don't play you don't you don't wear a Fidel it's, it Castro. It ain't even shirt. about playing in Miami. If you're talking about being um a, oppression and all that other stuff, mm. you you're not gonna wear a dictator shirt. Okay? That's where okay. I think he messed up. But Colin Kaepernick, we're talking about is coming to be um a backup. And like you said, this is a city that has been known to erupt in violence and outrage and in protest and basically gridlock the entire city. And you're going to do all of that for a backup? I would poll the city, too. Really? Be- because you need to know where your city stands if they're going to back you up. Because um, you don't want to be the reason why a city erupts in X, Y, or Z reason for a backup. So, okay. We're talking about a backup ultimately Okay, here. so... Okay, so we are, me and you, we're fans of the Dallas Cowboys. We are. Okay? And a couple years ago, they signed a known... Greg Hardy. Woman beater. We're talking about Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. Yeah. You know, if they would have polled... So, did you, number one, did you agree with the signing of Greg Hardy? Um, no, not, not... I wasn't particularly happy with Greg's Harding signing, uh, per se, would you, you know, have, because would, that one was that one was more clear cut. Would you have been okay with Jerry Jones polling his fan base for Greg Hardy? I would have, but it, it, it as it's turned out, it seems like Dallas is the home of rehabilitation. Regardless, man, because I, we've taken in players that uh-huh. are borderline and whatever, and it seems like they they work out and they turn a new leaf sometimes. Greg uh, Hardy, Greg Hardy didn't. Yeah, that's why I said sometimes. You know, but yeah. you, look at we brought in Pac Man Jones. And for a while here, while Pac-Man Jones was here, he was out of trouble. Well, yeah, true. But uh, you know, we've brought in other players that need a second. Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens, while he was here, for the most part, stayed out of trouble. Again, Hell, he cried. Talk about Tony again, Romo's my another, quarterback. Another guy that never committed a crime. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, it's but, the, some, but sometimes sometimes your mouth is a lot worse than, I get that. than a crime. I get that. But I, I, just, I, I just don't agree with you – Asking fans, fans, we're, we're fans. We're emotional, you know. We have our. It has nothing to do with the product on the field. And I guess that's but that's at, where, where you come in. And you say he's a backup, and it should. No, but at at the end of the day, 
if the fans don't buy your merchandise, if they don't show up to arenas, if they don't buy those $20 beers and $60 hot dogs, you ain't got money to pay nobody. I got you. I don't agree with him polling polling the audience for somebody who is not a felon. I don't agree with that. But, hey, we'll go ahead and stop talking about that because this is not a political show. This is a... (laughs) This is a sports show. This is a sports thunder-related talk show. So, um, so we'll go ahead and leave it at that. If you have any comments, anything, please leave it on our Twitter. Any ideas please, for hot takes? Any, any ideas for hot takes, cold take, please leave it on our Twitter. Please leave it on a five-star review on iTunes. Um, make sure you check us out. Make sure you check out the Crossover Radio app. Um, now that's Thunder Basketball website. Now that's Thunder Basketball website. I'm constantly putting out new, uh, new content on there. You know, every every weekday I put out the daily Thunder rumblings. Make sure you check those out to see the Thunder in the news. Um, but with that said, we'll go ahead and leave you this week. Uh, we'll see you next week. And as always, Thunder up, Thunder up, everybody. All right.